A Droving Yarn by Henry Lawson for the LibriVox Coffee Break Collection Number Ten War and Conflict. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Son of the Exiles. A Droving Yarn. Andy McCulloch had heard that old Bill Barker, the well-known overland drover, had died over on the Australian side, and Dave Regan told a yarn about Bill. Bill Barker, said Dave, talking round his pipe stem, was the quintessence of a drover. The water, Dave? came the voice of Jim Bentley in startled tones from the gloom on the far end of the veranda. The quintessence, said Dave, taking his pipe out of his mouth. You shut up, Jim. As I said, Bill Barker was the quintessence of a drover. He'd been at the game ever since he was a nipper. He ran away from home when he was fourteen and went up into Queensland. He's been all over Queensland and New South Wales and most of South Australia, and a good deal of the western, too, over the great stock routes from one end to the other. Lord knows how many times. No man could keep up with him riding out, and no one could bring a mob of cattle or a flock of sheep through like him. He knew every trick of the game. If there was grass to be had, Bill would get it, no matter whose run it was on. One of his games in a dry season was to let his mob get boxed with the station stock on a run where there was grass, and before Bill's men in the station hands could cut him out, the travelling stock would have a good bellyful to carry them on the track. Billy was the daddy of the drovers. Some said that he could ride in his sleep, and that he had one old horse that could jog along in his sleep too, and that, travelling out from home to take charge of a mob of bullocks or a flock of sheep, Bill and his horse would wake up at daylight and blink round to see where they were and how far they'd got. Then Bill would make a fire and boil his quart pot and roast a bit of mutton while his horse had a mouthful of grass and a spell. You remember Bill, Andy? Big dark man and a joker of the loud sort. Never slept with a blanket over him. Always folded under him, on the sand or grass. Seldom wore a coat on the route, though he always carried one with him in case he came across a bush ball or a funeral. Moleskins, flannel waistcoat, cabbage tree hat and elastic-sided boots. When it was roasting hot on the plains and the men swore at the heat, Jim would yell, Call this hot. Why, you blanks, I'm freezing. Where's me overcoat? When it was raining and hailing and freezing on Bell's Line and the Blue Mountains in winter, and someone shivered and asked, Is it cold enough for you now, Bill? Cold, Bill would bellow. I'm sweating. I remember it well. I was little more than a youngster then. Bill Barker came past our place with about a thousand fat sheep for the homebush sale yards at Sydney, and he gave me a job to help him down with them on Bell's line over the mountains, and mighty proud I was to go with him, I can tell you. One night we camped on the Kajigong River. The country was dry and pretty close-cropped, and we'd been sweating the paddocks all along there for our horses. You see, when there weren't slip-rails handy, we'd just take the tomahawk and nick the top of a straight-grain fence-post just above the mortise, knock out the wood there, 
lift the top rail out and down and jump the horses in over the lower one it was all two rail fences round there with sheep wires under the lower rail and about daylight we'd have the horses out lift back the rail and fit in the chock that we'd knocked out simple as striking matches wasn't it well the horses were getting a good belly full in the police horse paddock at night and bill took the first watch with the sheep it was very cold and frosty on the flat and he thought the sheep might make back for the ridges it's always warmer up in the ridges in winter out of the frost bill roused me out about midnight where's the sheep he says pointing to a white blur they've settled down i think they'll be quiet till daylight don't go round em there's no occasion to go near em you can stop by the fire and keep an eye on em the night seemed very long i watched and smoked and toasted my shins and warmed the billy now and then and thought up pretty much the same sort of old things that fellas on night watch think over all over the world bill lay on his blanket with his back to the fire and his arm under his head freezing on one side and roasting on the other he never moved i itched once or twice to turn him over and bake the front of him i reckoned he was about done beyond at last daylight showed i took the billy and started down to the river to get some water to make coffee but halfway down near the sheep camp i stopped and stared i was never so surprised in my life the white blur of sheep had developed into a couple of acres of long dead silver grass i woke bill and he swore as i never heard a man swear before nor since he swore at the sheep and the grass and at me but it would have wasted time and besides i was too sleepy and tired to fight but we found those sheep scattered over a scrubby ridge about seven miles back so they must have slipped away back of the grass and started early in bill's watch and bill must have watched that blessed grass for the first half of the night and then set me to watch it he couldn't get away from that i wondered what the chaps would say if it got round that bill barker the boss overland drover had lost a thousand sheep in clear country with fences all round and i suppose he thought that way too for he kept me with him right down to Hambush, and when he paid me off he threw in an extra quid and he said now listen here dave if i ever hear a word from anyone about watching that gory grass i'll find you dave and murder you if you're in wide australia i'll screw your neck so look out but he's dead now so it doesn't matter there was silence for some time after dave had finished the chaps made no comment on the yarn either one way or the other but sat smoking thoughtfully and in a vague atmosphere as of sadness as if they'd just heard of their mother's death and had not been listening to an allegedly humorous yarn then the voice of old peter the station hand was heard to growl from the darkness at the end of the hut where he sat on a three bushel bag on the ground with his back to the slabs what's old peter growling about someone asked he wants to know where dave got that word someone else replied what word quintessence there was a chuckle he got it out back peter said mitchell the shearer he got it from a new chum how much did you give for it dave growled peter five shillings peter said dave round his pipe stem and stick a tobacco thrown in 
Peter seemed satisfied, for he was heard no more that evening. End of A Droving Yarn by Henry Lawson For the LibriVox Coffee Break Collection Number 10 War and Conflict Recording by Son of the Exiles